Hello and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. And we have a very special guest this week. Now, I know I say that every time I do a show, but this is for absolute sure. For the third time, a hat-trick of invites and a hat-trick of, of coming along, it is Josh Martin. Good to see you, Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? Very well, very well indeed. I hope that intro worked. I'm not sure if it actually went live or not, but hopefully people who are watching can let me know in the comments if it's all working well. Josh, I'm thinking where to start. You've had an amazing summertime. You're in there working hard for the SimGrid to let us know. I think the last time we spoke to you, it was about end of March, April time, and there was lots of things happening that we hadn't really heard about the SimGrid. Um, but now it kind of exploded onto the scene. Um, what is your summertime, or from April onwards, what have you been doing? What's 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 been happening? Yeah, I've been I've been quite busy. I think uh, obviously first we had the SRO Esports Series, so uh, I was competing in that with uh, Team Parker Racing, one of the Bentley customer teams, which was awesome. Uh, that took me through to about sort of June July time. Uh, then it was a bit of a bit more quiet periods. I was doing some work with the SimGrid and David Perel, uh, which I'm sure we'll come back to. Um, and then most recently, it's the Ferrari Esports Series. That uh, first round was last weekend, and we're getting ready to go racing again this weekend. Fantastic. That, um, and so, because you, you're now working, doing a lot of work for the SimGrid, but David Perel, and, and how do you find all of that? Because, I mean, that's it's just taken the sim racing community by storm. Uh, so what's your kind of main role with all of that? Yeah, so my role at the SimGrid is kind of with the commercial side. So anytime there's an advertisement or some kind of sponsor awareness, uh, that's kind of my role in the background is just making sure that all looks pretty, that everyone's happy and that kind of stuff. Uh, but you're right, it's been an awesome explosion. Uh, working with David's obviously great fun with his experience in the real world and mine in the sim world. We kind of got a great synergy and we've been able to develop a great platform. Um, and I think you're right, yeah, with um, with COVID and the resurgence of motorsport, we're really finding the, the growth and drive within the platform, which is awesome. Yeah, because David was saying last week that he hopes that, that people will be able to come into sim racing who, have, you know, who are keen motorsport fans and they get themselves a sim rig and they start to practice and, and join the sim rig and start doing the races and hopefully eventually can get good enough that they can compete in the top echelons of the of the championship and the series and then potentially go on to um, maybe even a real race drive, you know, so where they get sponsorship and so on and so forth. How, how do you see that coming about? Do you think over the next few years it will just continue to grow? Um, and uh, and then maybe perhaps a big sponsor might come in and there could be a race seat available. Yeah, I think you're you're right. It is definitely growing in that direction. We uh, ran a series recently, the More Female Racer series, which I know you had Taya uh, on the channel, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a great series because we had you know, female and male racers taking part, but a lot of the females were people new to sim racing. We had people that were using like their brothers or their dad's rig to get in the seat, do some yeah. racing and then got hooks on the bug. Um, so hopefully we'll see that continue. We've got some plans for season two for that, which will hopefully be coming out soon. Um, and yeah, I'd love to be able to reward someone with a seat, whether that's a test day or a full season. Uh, it'd be awesome to see. That would be something else. I mean, because that's kind of I think every motorsport enthusiast dream. And, and I'm sure mm -hmm. every kind of sim racer that, you know, at the moment, you might not be in a position to do motor racing properly in terms of a real physical kind of seat and drive. But you can have a go and get better and better. Um, and if you can show that potential, you could actually be doing something. And I, I kind of joke because I, I, I run a little white Datsia. Uh, the kind of probably the cheapest car on the market but i thought that would, if you put the 1.2 turbo petrol engine it is a renault turbocharged three-cylinder that you can get for them they're only about 7995 and i thought maybe you could take <laughs> all it and kind of relieve it of all its kind of weight put in some racing brakes and a roll cage and then there you have it you've got a, you've got a very cheap budget kind of racing series that you could do for probably about 10 grand a year 
but uh, <laughs> including the car. And if you wipe it off, you just buy another one, you know. So it's not that big a deal. You know? <laughs> it's only another eight grand to get one. Um, but, well, this uh, is it. You know um, yourself. You know we're all passionate car fans, and I think uh, within obviously the bounds of the legal limits of the road and stuff, if there's an opportunity to kind of push a car to its limits, then we all enjoy it. So I think uh, if we you get someone in a you know Ferrari GT3 car, awesome. If it's yeah. you know a low budget Citroen C1 race car, it's still racing. So yeah, I'm sure they'd exactly. love it. And I think it's, it still gives that that proper kind of thing. You can say I'm a racing driver. You know, also, exactly. <laughs> uh, when you go on a date, it kind of definitely helps. And you can say, what do you do? Well, I'm a racing driver, you know. <laughs> but uh, then they see your car outside there. It's an Akadol Citroen C1. But, you know, <laughs> you have to say, mind the roll cage, love, you know. So it's like, you know. But, um, but no, that sounds amazing. But um, And, of course, the same grid for people who aren't maybe not quite so aware of it, um, it uses ACC, doesn't it? Kind of a set of course uh, competition. Um, and uh, and then it kind of it's mainly GT3 racing, I think, from that, isn't it? Or do you, I know they've got the new GT4 um, races, but I think it's going to mainly be on the GT3. Do you think it will expand into other categories as well, or are you quite happy with the way it is at the moment? Uh, with regards to the sim grid, do you mean? Or yeah, the sim grid, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah um, I think for sure we've uh, obviously at the moment we found a really good foothold in ACC. David's got a really good relationship with the devs. I've got a great relationship with, with some of the marketing team. And mm -hmm. I think GT3 cars teach you a lot about how to drive. They're uh, not like Formula cars, which are all about going really fast, late braking, and then back on the power. GT3s are more about keeping the minimum speed up. So. Yeah. We find in terms of teaching people to drive, they're a really great opportunity. And even the GT4s, which we did with the More Female Racer series, was, mm -hmm. again, just getting people up to speed so they could be competitive just against each other. And with time, they can be against, like you said, the upper echelons of, of sim racing. So I'd love to see us expand if the, you know, we will at some point move into different games and stuff like that. But I think once the community feels that it's got the most out of ACC, that's when we'll be looking outside. We want to make sure we're obviously serving them as well as we can. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's always been quite fun. Is that I was doing Brands Hatch on ACC yesterday, um, and trying. I was in. I tried a whole number of different cars because I've been watching Thea, and I think I did a twenty-five-eight in the Aston. You know, the Aston or the Bentley. I can't quite remember. Um, and I thought that was. I knew there was more time in it, um, but I knew that maybe my setup probably wasn't the best it could be. And of course, for the SimGrid, you can buy the setups. So do you have now that available? I know you're launching new cars all the time, but does that really say the setup is a major? Um, improvement if you get the right setup, um, it will work on a track like Brands Hatch, and you could maybe take an extra one or two seconds off just by having a car that works. Yeah, 100%. We, um, the setups were designed basically for people who don't have a lot of time to sim race but do enjoy it. So, the idea is that if you purchase these setups at the, the Coach Dave Academy, they'll give you a better understanding of how to make a stable car that can also reward you with lap time. And, you know, I use them quite often and I know a lot of other guys that use them as kind of foundation and they're a great product that, that really makes you competitive from the outset. So if anyone's kind of struggling, I definitely advocate that you kind of have a look at them and see if they can they can help. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think how much they cost to buy a, a, a setup, for example, like a, a Porsche. Is the Porsche one out now? I know you've done most of them, um, <laughs> but uh, are they, how much are they roughly for a, for a, a, a SimGrid um, setup? So the setup packs are about $25 plus VAT per car. Um, and that will give you, say you pick the Bentley, that will give you all the Bentley tracks. It'll give you a qualifying and a race setup for each track. Um, okay. So basically you can go racing anywhere for any length of time and you'll be sorted. That's really good. So what yeah. is the difference? Now here's Because here's a question that we might get. Um, if you're on a standard safe setup on ACC, mm -hmm. you know, it, the car tends to understeer quite a lot, especially, you know, that's around some of the further corners of, of Brands Hatch. 
What would a good setup do? Does it just give you more confidence or does it just turn in a bit better? You know, is it a bit steadier under braking? What would be the kind of difference that people would see with a good setup? That's a really good question. I think that the setups have been, you know, the amount of hours it's, uh, I'd say there's probably about 40 or 50 hours per car per track combo that go into the setups. And the setups themselves aren't necessarily the secret sauce to make you the super fast guy in, in sim racing, but they, yeah. like you said, they kind of increase that range of what a stable setup will do. So like you say, no longer will you be understeering and then sliding all over the place. It'll kind of bring that range back in so the car's planted and stable and quick. Um, particularly for like endurance races as well, it can be quite nice in the tires, which as I'm sure you know, Hugh, when it comes to endurance racing, if you can manage your fuel and tires, you're going to gain massively. Um, and that's kind of the ethos that we've built with these setups is that they're for people to make sure they're competitive uh, for as long as they need to be. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's the thing. I, mean, I was watching a lot of your races earlier on in the year um, when mm. you were doing that series of about six or seven races earlier on. Um, and uh, I almost thought, can I actually watch you? Because every time I watched you, I, you had a great start. You make up about 10 races on the first couple <laughs> And I was just saying, please don't crash, please don't crash. And then literally there'd be someone else would, would kind of fly off the track and you'd be the only one just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, especially, I remember at Nuremberg and things like that. Um, but you were very good at coming through the field um, and very, very competitive. What do you think has given you that kind of competitive edge? Um, because, you, I mean, last week you beat David Perel in, at, at Monza. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure as, as he's your boss, he's not going to be... <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you might be on a few warnings after that if you keep beating him. Um, but uh, but um, how, what do you think gives you that edge in, in you know being able to drive well and, and, and make up the places? Yeah, I think the, the SRO is probably the best example, like you say. So at Nurburgring with a Bentley, um, there was Will Daniels, who's also been on your show. I'm, I'm talking about loads of people, and they've all been on your show, which is awesome. Um, so Will Daniels um, has been helping me with the engineer work, and we were doing probably five, six hours a day, uh, developing the setup, making tweaks to make sure that it was, it was operating as well as possible. That combined with the fact that uh, I've been upgrading my sim rig this year, so PlaySeat sent me one of their Evolution seats out, which is awesome. Um, I've got the triple monitors as well now. And that in combination with the car setup and the track time really meant that I was just able to feel the car a lot more and understand from a technical side what was giving me the advantage. And uh, like you say, we had a great start. And despite the damage, once we came back out, even with changing conditions, the car was was quick enough to take on the top 10 and the top five guys. So yeah. a combination of all those things really are what gave me the confidence to, to kind of push my sim racing this year. Yeah. Now, I'm quite sure we can just see a little bit of the back of that sim rig there. Um, and I actually <laughs> used a copy of, of, your, of your photograph in the introduction there, which I think... I noticed, yeah. So I'll, uh, <laughs> it does look it does look absolutely amazing with, these, with the, the three screen. Is it a three screen or is it a curved screen? It's three uh, twenty-seven inch screens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, so how do you find having something like that compared to a normal single-screen kind of setup? Um, is that what you had before, or did it, or was it? Um, uh, are you used to that kind of setup then? Uh, I originally started with like a, an old TP just hanging on a monitor stand, um, and the whole three screens versus one screen debate is one that could take hours. David is strongly against three screens, whereas I'm all for them. Um, I think. You know, for me, it gives me that immersion of being actually in the cockpit and like my peripheral vision is a bit better. Whereas some people say that you just need to have an understanding of the car and that should be enough. So it's yeah. a trick. I don't really know what, what your thoughts on it are, though. Um, I have to say that looks really, really good. I've just got one fairly big screen, um, mm. but my setup, my screen's too far away from my uh, from my uh, machine, my sim ring, to be fair. I need it a lot closer, but the way my office is set up, 
Um, I'm not even a racing driver, and I'm giving you very poor racing driving excuses. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but, it was, uh, um, but yeah, it's everything's wrong. You know, my car's filled up with diesel. But uh, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, but no, I mean, I think the, the peripheral vision thing is definitely true because you, you do see a bit more around you, um, and that gives you maybe a better feel of the car. Um, and so that, I think that would be. Uh, I, I mean, I've played them before. I did it in the Renault uh, last year at Silverstone. They had a, they had a proper full motion uh, simulator. Okay. And it had three screens like that, and it it, it was really good because you could see all round about. The only problem with the motion sensors was it, it, it was it was a Renault Megane 280 um, that they, that they because we'd been driving one in the morning, and then we got to go in this simulator. It was it was it was rolling about so much. I thought this car is not going to be on two wheels going around a corner at Silverstone. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not or whatever, but it wouldn't be quite as bad as that. So it kind of it, it felt that it was on too much of a motion. Um, but no, I think the three screens for me, I would I, that I think that would look amazing. Um, and uh, and I think if it gives you the feel of being in a real race and just gives you that little bit more um, vision to see where people are, then that's that's probably quite a good thing. That um, so how do you find? I mean, because obviously you've got lots of friends and associates all in, in sim racing. Um, do you find that you all go for a particular type of design, or is it so varied that everyone's got something different? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both, really. I think a lot of it's down to personal preference. Um, some of it's obviously going to be dictated by kind of commercial partnerships like I've got with PlayStation and Frostmaster. But I think ultimately something that, that's kind of fun about this and for people who maybe don't understand sim racing is that you can have any configuration and you can still have fun. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's three screens, one screen, it's um, your mate's TV that you borrowed. It's all about just getting the opportunity to drive cars and tracks that you've never driven before and, you know, providing people that didn't have the budgets to go racing the opportunity to race. Um, yeah. It's good. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I was going to say, um, one of the things I've noticed is coming from doing a lot of console racing, and also <laughs> my main racing is on, on PS4, but now with ACC, it's quite good because the more practice I do on that, I can get better. So when I get my ACC on my PC eventually, um, mm -hmm. I can be hopefully as competitive as I was on, on console. Um, and it seems to be quite realistic the way that the two are, the way that they drive and so on. But when I've done a lot of ACC um, uh, racing and, and trying to build up my, my kind of uh, uh, career mm -hmm. on that, and then I go over to Gran Turismo and seem to be much better on Gran Turismo. And I just wondered, I, I, I'm trying to think as to why that might be. Um, and <laughs> I don't want to put you in the dark, but do you think it's <laughs> a, uh, is a kind of, if once you once you learn to go fairly quick on, on, on that game, that makes you a bit quicker on other games? Or do you, maybe it's because they don't have, you know, you don't have lines, you don't have cones and everything else. But do you think there's the ACC, because it's more focused, um, if you get good at that, it might help with other games. I don't think you're wrong. Like I was kind of touching on earlier, I think ACC is a great tool to teach people how to drive properly. So um, the beautiful thing about ACC is the model of the tires is really well. So if you are turning too quickly into a corner and the, the, the car is understeering and the tires are scrubbing, you're going to feel that response for the car. And yeah. if you learn to control that, but still get the turn in and still be quick whilst protecting the tires, those are techniques you can take into other games, which will then make you quicker. So it could just be, I think in your case, it's probably you've got so much time on GT Sport, you know tricks about the game that other people might not. But I think you may have learned some driving techniques from ACC and be able to implement them as well. Yeah, I certainly think because you have to then go with your own, um, the only explanation I can come up with is, is in, in terms of, I think you, you, you have to look where your breaking points are on ACC. You don't get a cone or that kind of thing to help you. Well, on, on GT Sport, you can have all that there and it, and it kind yeah. of gives you a better idea. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I did, a, I was in the group four at, um, at Suzuka last night and I'll just do some time trial. 
and it managed at 208.6 um in the audi tt which is only about it was just about 1.3 or 1.4 off the the top 10 time which is not too bad for, for that and i think the, the best time was like a 206.9 so it's kind of getting towards i thought well that's i'm not mm -hmm. miles away you know it's, and, and i felt there was definitely time in it um and it was funny because i was struggling for a while so right i'll go and do more acc and just practice on that and then have another and come back and have another go but i do find the gt3 cars a lot harder to drive than gt4 i think that there's so much more power and the cars respond mm -hmm. quite differently that you've got to be a lot smoother i think with gt4 cars you just you can throw them about a wee bit more and you, you kind of get away with it um but uh, what, what what's your favorite combination of of racing cars uh i think in acc it's definitely got to be the gt3s the I, I think because I've spent so much time in them, um, and particularly with the Bentley, which was at one point the slowest car in the, the SRO series, um, having you know slogged it out in that and worked with well so hard on it, I've kind of fallen in love with the car afterwards. Um, yeah, car and it's done. a really good endurance car, so that kind of comes in handy. But saying that, you know, all the GT3 cars are fun in that game, and with the right setup, they can be also rewarding, which is awesome. Yeah, the Bentley's nice, and it's quite it's quite a stable car, isn't it? It seems to be exactly quite yeah. Stable. Which is nice, and yet for a big, because I mean, it's a big, heavy beast in real life. <laughs> From everything to get to get it down to fit all the regulations and things like that. But no, it's it's a nice car. And it makes a nice noise. And it's really like that kind of thing. So, what kind of circuits as well? I don't know with it, with with your series that you're doing, especially with the um, the female series. They did a lot of fantastic tracks like Kailami and all, all over the place. Um, and I've never, I've just got the the update, so I can do Kailami now. Um, what are the kind of the tips for tracks like that? Or if you say you're starting on a new track, what's the best way to kind of to, to get up to speed with that? I think for anybody that's new to a circuit or new to a, a simulator in general, it's uh, start your first five to ten laps should all be at, you know, basically a quarter speed, I think. So taking your time to go out the pits, learn about visual reference points for the circuit. Is there, you know, a change of colour of tarmac? Is there a cone? Is there a marshal? Is there something standing? And then from building up slowly and slowly, you can kind of build these reference points as you get faster and faster. And it gets to the point where your advantage is if it goes from night to day or day to night, it goes from sun to, to wet or whatever the case is. Because your track knowledge is so strong, those reference points will stay no matter how much the scenery changes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that really helps people get up to speed and, and be competitive because too many people just come flying out at 100 miles an hour. They're yeah. breaking all over the place. They're building up time, but they're not being as productive as they could be. Yeah, yeah, I think because that, that's the first thing. I mean, I know that's what I tried last night. <laughs> I made the first three or four corners at a reasonable yeah. rate, and then I thought, hang on, where's the, the, there's a lot of blind corners. <laughs> you just don't see where it goes, and you, you're especially yeah. on the top of the track. And then uh, you come in and you think, hang on, where's my turning point? And it was almost impossible. Exactly. You've got to go slower to kind of learn where you can then turn over, turn the car and get into the right bend properly. Um, and then there's, because if you don't, you get onto all the rubbery bits where all the kind of, um all the tire cutoffs and so on isn't it so yeah oh you don't want to be offline um but it's a, it looks like a great fun track actually I, mean, I thought i need to practice that one um, and also tips for zanvort um because it's quite a that's a quite a challenging circuit is that one that you've done a, um, a bit of as well um because that's on i've seen races a lot of gt3 races there uh it's actually the one for this sunday in the ferrari hulu esports series um oh. So I've been learning to do Zanfort properly, and uh, yeah, it's a real roller coaster of a circuit. Very bumpy, a lot of elevation changes, and a lot of the corners have got blind apexes as well. So you're kind of turning in and hoping that the car is going to stick. Um, yeah. With a circuit like that, it's all about you know building it up slowly, getting a feel for the car, and then pushing the boundaries every so often, but reeling it back once you find that upper limit. Um, 
I think particularly this Sunday, we're probably going to see a lot of drivers who are under pressure are going to be pushing quite hard, and we'll probably see quite a few mistakes because of that. Yeah, it's got some quite kind of, I know when I was driving, I only did it very briefly. The funny thing was, I think it was a, a glitch on my ACC when I went on the multiplayer, because I'll, I'll just try and see it. And I, I, went, I went to join the multiplayer uh, lobby, um, and I didn't realize that they, it somehow allowed me to join at the end of a race, and they were still right. going. And it was a complete, I don't know how I managed it, um, because I, I there I was, I thought oh, I must be a, a qualifying. So I didn't look at the session, and I just I just ventured out. Um, and all I they must have seen me crawling out of the track, <laughs> around there, you see, and then they're all flying past me. And goodness knows how many accidents I caused. <laughs> they were all trying to avoid me on the whole thing, and I honestly didn't have a clue that it was a race because you normally have to wait till the qualifying's over, and then it allows you yeah. to join um, the main race. So it must have been some odd glitch that they thought. I thought I better leave this lobby straight away because they're not going to want to see if they find my number and my name. That'll be it. <laughs> so, and you know, you know, but that was the one. Um, but no, it's, it, I have to say, I do love ACC because it, it's just got the realism and the noise. The noise on the engines is great. Yeah, um, it really kind of sticks with you, um, and you can have great fun trying to do it. Uh, because I've been doing my um, my gaming night, you know, the Fat Man in a Cheap Sim on a Monday night. Um, and mm -hmm. although I've, I've only done GT Sports so far, I'm going to do an ACC night as well, um, which should be quite fun. Um, and then we can see how it goes. So. As you do all these different races, how do you find that you approach all of that? Because you know sometimes they're at weekends, sometimes they're during the week. Do you have a kind of plan as to how much practice that you do, or how does it work for you? Yeah, so I'm very fortunate because I work with David at the Sim Grid. It means there's a bit more of an understanding, I suppose, about my, you know, I guess semi-professional hobby, if, if you want to call it that, you know, sim racing in general. And um, so for myself, it's a lot about finding that right balance. Uh, I've got a really supportive partner, Ainsley, who is, you know, she's all for, you know, like for this Ferrari series, pushing me yeah. super hard to make sure I'm practicing. Um, yeah. And I think regardless of the series, the game, whatever it is, it's about just committing even two or three hours a day makes all the difference. Because I remember at Silverstone, for example, it was the first time I'd driven it competitively was in SRO. And the first day I was like four seconds off the pace. And then the second day I was two seconds and then it was slowly falling. And it was just a case of being able to go to bed at night think about the lines and then yeah. getting up the next day and trying something different. And I'm sure you're the same here when it comes to GT Sport or whatever the case is. Sometimes you just need to take a step back to then go forward. Aye, aye. It's harder for me to convince my wife, mind you, to say, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, more games than she just looks and tuts and walks away. But no, I, I see what you mean because it is, you know, you, you have to, if you go too much into it and you're not getting anywhere, then you just get frustrated. So you have to kind of take a exactly, step back yeah. and think, okay, right, I must be able to either break in too late or I'm putting the car under too much pressure and I need to just slow it down a little bit. And then you find there's a bit more time. Um, and it also think that brake balance, and that's the only really thing you can change in, in, in Gran Turismo is more the brake balance and traction okay. control and things like that, which is quite good because then it means that you don't have people with a setup advantage. Um, sure. it's, uh, it, you know, it's quite, it's, it's, it's quite good that way. Um, but uh, but no, so I've got the I used the Audi TT for example at Suzuka last mm -hmm. night in GT4, and I put the, the the drive all the way to the to the plus to the rear, um, and that makes it a bit more uh, adjustable for a front drive car. And I had a great run; I just seemed to be able to use the curbs, and that was working quite well. Um, and mm -hmm. that's what the time off. Now you've done a little bit of work with with um, Grand Turismo. I know it's not something you've really done a lot with. Are you? Um, are you do you think you'll do more in the near future? Uh, as much as I'd love to, I don't. I don't think it, it's something on the the horizon. I was really lucky. I was obviously doing some some commercial work for that, which I can't talk about yet. But hopefully, we'll be able to soon. Um, but I think you know it's a great platform, and it's 
it's really good to see how competitive as well. You know, there's a lot of guys I know who are racing in it, obviously yourself and, and David, but there are other guys right the way through up. And if I didn't realize the amount of or the lack of setup work you do, which makes it all the more impressive, I think, because then it's a lot more about being able to feel the car, being able to push the limits and learn the nuances of the game to be as quick as possible. So it's a great platform, but I think my heart's sold to ACC at the moment. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely understandable. Isn't it? <laughs> when you're brought up with something and you put so much effort into it, that's your kind of exactly main, right kind of uh, racing kind of experience. Um, and it is it's a great game, and I can see why you're addicted to it because uh, you know it's, it's it is so good. Uh, any chance mm. to have a shot um, and to have a go um, would be would be absolutely something. Now, this is a question that we always ask um, our, <laughs> our, 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 our guests on the show: if you could have any road car from obviously your experience of driving all these racing cars all these lovely cars um what would it be any well, road car right so does it have to be a race car or can we go any car no, at it, all? Could be, it could be any car at all what would you like you know i would probably go down the route of alexis lfa i think they're uh they're quite aggressive looking they're obviously i think every time they sold one like sold one they actually lost money on the car but okay. it's uh a very the chassis looks really stable on it it looks like quite a fun car i think something like that but that noise would be my uh, my ideal car i was just actually watching a, a program of that uh, the other day but it, it was right. like the best moments or something and and he was driving the lfa with james may uh, mm -hmm. and it, so that was quite a machine so it sounds like a formula one car really it's exactly like, right it's <laughs> phenomenal um but uh, so now that's the one to put for david Perel. this is your company car list uh, <laughs> i wish <laughs> I needed to travel around Telford, but uh, whatever it might be, or down you know, London and so on. Um, but uh, no, that would be that would be quite a, quite quite a thing. But uh, now we've got a couple of questions. I was going to say for all the people who are watching this now, make sure you've got your questions in, and we'll ask Josh the questions that you've got. Um, now, one of my co-hosts um, has said to me here. Um, now, what has he said? Uh, instead of fat man in in a cheap slim, it's going to be soon to be a slim slim sim in a fat shed <laughs> so he's turned it all all around but i might be I, the other thing i was going to try and get was a was an outside room you see so i could then have oh, right, okay. all of that yeah. have a bit more space have a little studio as well and um, so when mm. people come we can actually interview them in person um, and it looks like it's got a nice backdrop and stuff so that will hopefully be in the plans for the the years to come that um so how do you find uh, obviously you put on these big races big championships um, have you had quite good viewing numbers? Because certainly looking at it from YouTube's point of view, um, it seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, the SimGrid has, uh, has really exploded. For a company that's less than six months old, we're now pushing, I think it's upwards of uh, a million impressions now for 2020. Um, we've got just over 2,000 subscribers and I think 50, not 50, sorry, 5,000 members across the website and the the discord server so i think because people are seeing it's a great platform um and there's plenty of opportunities for people to come and race regardless of their ability we're, we're really seeing a great uptake which is awesome we've also got some really big names going to be joining us for the next few races i can't announce those just yet but um some uh, yeah some world champions might be on the horizon potentially or other teams um so hopefully uh as the the plat platform continues to grow we'll continue to see the uptake in members and, and all this kind of stuff we've um just quickly, we had Chaz Draycott, who's one of our lead commentators, was at the Nürburgring 24-hour uh, and actually commentating on the real race, which is awesome oh, to see the fact that we're able to pull in such great talent to provide not only sim racers with a great product, but anyone who watches motorsport will now recognise that voice. Yeah, yeah. I know that's, that is something, because I know that, I mean, was it Jimmy Broadbent recently gone to Top Gear? I think I saw a video yes. saying he'd been there. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that which is amazing when you think that these YouTubers and sim racers are, are managing to get all over the place and, and doing all of that. And the commentary is, is high quality, to be fair, um, for, the, for the events. I've always been very impressed um, by how it all works and, and how they, they know they know their stuff. They can remember the because your grids are huge grids. They're like hard, don't they, or more? Um, it's quite, quite something. Um, you know, I, th I thought it was hard when I did a test one with about 15 cars on it. Um, I had to write everything down separately beforehand and have it next to me so I could have an idea who it was and not just mm -hmm. call out the numbers. Um, but uh, so, no, it's great to see the quality that's going into it. And I really hope you're able to monetize it because something like the SimGrid, I think, would be an amazing scheme. Um, as people join it, I think people would be potentially prepared to pay something to, to be part of that and to see a real, you know, especially when you're looking at the kind of prizes potential um, that could be awarded um, out of that. Um, now, what would you like to do in terms of once the COVID thing hopefully clears? Do you have, you know, would there be an event that you think would be a great one to start and um, that would, that would you know, maybe doing it at a racetrack or something like that? What would be your ideal combination or event you would like to put on? Yeah, it's a good question. And it, it's obviously one that we're always very aware of is that, you know, once COVID lifts, we may have to start looking at the live event avenue. I think for now, we've obviously got a great platform in the, the virtual world. Um, we've got such a wide and diverse kind of um, ecosystem of staff members. So we've got people who are pro commentators right through to junior, just like we've got pro drivers through to junior drivers. So I think if the opportunity comes up to obviously work with a series or you know, a manufacturer to do some live event stuff, that would be awesome. But I think we need to make sure that we time it right as to not kind of lose focus of the, the SimGrid platform. And maybe it's about finding that right balance, you know, having some live events with the online elements and vice versa. But um, yeah. I mean, in a dream world, I'd love to be able to provide for F1 Esports. I think that'd be awesome, awesome if the SimGrid could, could facilitate that, but probably wish we will get at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I'm going to come back to you on that because I've got a funny question for you. Um, one of the things that you set up a wee while ago. Um, now, uh, we've got a question from Andrew Marr, who's one of my co-hosts. Um, oh, yeah. What's the secret to setting up a car in a Seta Corsa? Well, it's, uh, there's quite a wide variety. So I think... A lot of it depends on your driving style. Um, for example, in the Ferrari eSports, we've got drivers who are setting the cars up to drive like a go-kart. They're very rear end dependent. So as soon as you press the throttle, the rear end sliding about and you kind of keep it on that balance. We've got people who are playing it really safe and the car doesn't really move too much, but it's you know more stable in the corners. So a lot of it is uh, driving style is really just the, the secret, I guess, as long as you know your tires are in the right pressure zone and you're not spinning out i guess as long as you're doing those two things the setup's okay <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's i so i mean that's the thing because you need to be a good driver to get a good setup as well isn't it because if you're going to be pushing too hard regardless of how you change the car it's either it might work well for a lap or two but then if you're too hard on it you're still going to go through your tires and everything else um so no it's 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 good to know now one of the questions i had before um was i, I visited brooklyn's after i remember watching your video with chris hay when you said oh yeah the, the, the sim center there and it is impressive now to anyone watching you need to go to it to brooklyn's because it really is it is it's a phenomenal place the museum mm -hmm. the cars they've got even got the showroom there so you can go and see all the cars and you can go and buy one at the end of it and um, <laughs> when you go up to the sim grid it's, it's, it is the, the sim simulator center it is amazing you've got mm -hmm. the Formula one simulators then you've got the gt3 um simulator and yeah. um, my question is um, I can see that you picked Project Cars 2 as the as the, the kind of the, the, the simulator to use there. What what was the reason behind Project Cars 2? Yeah, I need to be kind of careful. I guess uh, the, 
you know, Project Cars 2, for as much bashing as it gets, is, is quite a decent platform. You know, it's, it's by no means a simulator simulator, but it, it's kind of on that fringe of like being accessible to the everyday person, but also for someone, you know, like you or me who enjoys sim racing. So in terms of like the user interface and being able to pick your car and pick your track, it's really friendly in terms of that. There's not much that can go wrong with technically. Um, and it also gives you enough of an experience to feel like, okay, this uh, GT3 car handles different to this Mercedes G-Wagon Jeep, for example. So a lot of the reasoning was behind that. There was also like, you know, the business commercial side of stuff that kind of dictated it. But I think it's uh, it's quite a fun platform and, and quite enjoyable. What was your experience like? Did you did you enjoy it when you went along? It was funny because I went with my other cohorts, Jonathan, and I was saying, <laughs> right, I'm going to beat this guy, no problem at all on this game i know project cars because i played the first one really well and i did be, I, I did i did actually have project cars too but i never really played it and i was expecting the the graphics and the feel of project cars one roughly or i thought oh, maybe it'll be like gt sport in some ways um yeah and, uh, and of course I, I was i think it was silverstone that they had it at and i went i think it was a gt3 amg mercedes um group three car i think it was that we had chosen to go around and i came on the first straight i think the old the old start finish straight and you go yeah. into is it cops corner i think it is is it the first uh, yeah yeah and i didn't manage to turn right i just managed to turn <laughs> right. and john went all the way around and, and he laughed in my face as i as he said oh i thought you were good at this you um so that, that was me and i blamed the car and project cars too <laughs> and then, but it was um, but no it was i mean because it's quite a, it's quite a hard something on that setup the gt3 cars they were tough to drive they were they weren't just um you know you could just flick it in you had to be quite uh, be quite careful as to how it all, all worked. But no, to be fair, after a while, we kind of got used to it. Um, but uh, it's quite different to ACC and it's very different to, to GT Sport. Uh, but I have to say the Formula One game, because I, I drove that one as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, I mean, I'm used to that game and that was that they were kind of a little bit a little bit easier because F, F1 cars, all the downforce, it's so much easier to chuck right, exactly. the Because yeah. you've done quite a bit of both. I've seen you race single-seaters and, and GT3 and GT, uh, those kind of cars. Um, what's your preference? Because you're very good at both. Um, can you see yourself going down um, one line more in particular, or are you quite happy to do both? Um, I mean, first of all, that's very kind of me to say. Um, but I think, you know, I I started playing the F1 games, and I, I love open wheelers. I think the fact that you can be so fast and just, you know, as late on the brakes as you dare to get past the next guy is an experience that I think is enjoyable, uh, regardless of the car and circuit. Saying that, I've spent so much time with ACC and GT3 cars now that I'm finding myself more competitive in GT3 cars than I am in open wheelers, which is a shame because I'd rather it was the other way around. Um, but I think, yeah, my preference will always be F1 or open wheel, but I'm quicker in GT3. So it's kind of a, a tricky situation. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's, it's great fun watching you do both. Um, and, and you're <laughs> competitive in both. And I, I love open wheel racing as well. And recently we, we I did an interview with uh, Snail Racing, and mm -hmm. she's from the Central Belt, um, and she's very funny. She does a great, great videos, great channel um, to watch. And she's because she's very new to the sport. She's only been doing it for about six months. Um, oh, but right. she does what they call the skippies, or the skip barbers, which are yeah. like single seater racing. And I have to say, I was quite motivated when, when I watched that. I thought oh, I've got to have a go. It looks incredible. <laughs> so a big motivation to get this PC sorted out so I can actually um, have a go because you, they've got a bit of downforce, but not a huge amount. And you find that they go around a, a fast corner. They, they kind of bite in a little bit and then all of a sudden yeah. you feel the car losing grip and it's beginning to oversteer so it's quite fun you know it looks it looks really good um to play and you, you have that 
more of a lightness in the car, isn't it? When you're in a exactly. Um, well, the, the GT cars are quite are quite heavy, um, but no, that's that's quite a thing. Now we've got another question here. Um, um, it says, when you started e racing, uh, seriously, did you switch to left foot braking, and how long did it take to get used to it? Um, so a little bit of history. I started sim racing before I learned how to drive. So for me, I uh, I started Frostmaster uh, when the first sponsor me sent me the F1 wheel, like the Ferrari F1 wheel. Um, oh plus a, a two pedal set. So I didn't know anything other than left foot braking when I started. Um, and so in terms of how long did it take me to get used to it, it literally just came as kind of naturally, I guess. The tricky issue being then when I got into my first road car to do my driving lessons, the driving instruction nearly went through the front windscreen. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it, I've been quite lucky in that regard, I guess. And I, it's a really good skill to get used to anyone who doesn't use it already um definitely spend some time doing it i remember watching i was at paul ricard actually the circuit with uh LeBlanc pan for their pre-season testing and we had a couple of the guys come down on the simulator and stuff like that and roman monti uh who drives i think he drives for bentley now or it might have been lamborghini at the time uh he right through bakes and it was just so alien to me seeing someone go from the throttle to the brake and then back to the throttle you know yeah that is that is something i mean the old days we used to see it more and more kind of in rallying and stuff you know mm -hmm. when they would be heel and toe and the whole thing and everything's going oh, like of course crazy yeah. trying to do it. um but no i think for racing isn't it it's well, the, the good thing is simulators are set up some of them do come I mean, like my g29 comes with a, a clutch pedal but i never ever use it uh, okay. so it's it's pretty good but um i know as you say if you've been brought up on that i would have loved to have seen your overtaking maneuvers by the way when you're first when the driving instructor tells you right you need to get ready <laughs> <to> stay, you know <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> you know which did move did he use with the kind of Alonso style inches up the front, <laughs> you know, and scaring the life out of anyone in front? Um, but so that's always the best way to do it, I think. But um, you know, <laughs> is how did you find? Obviously, if you only if you done all your driving on sim racing and then jumping into a normal was it probably a Vauxhall Corsa or a Ford Fiesta or something like that? Um, yeah. How did you find all of that? Uh, I yeah, it was uh, it was pretty straightforward, I guess. Like it's I don't know. I mean, you've you've been driving for so, so long, and so have I. And I mean, it's um, I don't know. It just kind of you go with it, I guess. There's yeah, yeah. yeah I don't really know. What to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but just when you were talking about that, like seeing, I remember watching like Colin McRae and like you're saying all these rally videos and just like seeing their footwork. It's just so mesmerizing watching them just. Yeah basically dance isn't it they're dancing the car it's, it's so cool to see it's like a good drummer you know it's a, mm. i play drums but i'm just a kind of amateur I do it for fun but but the guys that can do all the things they've got there it's all syncopated and you know the feet are going at different times the whole the whole time, yeah, yeah, exactly. time and that's what they're able to do and they make it look like something that dance as you say um and the rhythm and they can just see so far ahead i, I think the rally drivers are just incredible um how mm. they managed to do it uh, because they got so fast through the woods um, and it's 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 something else. But we get a little taste of that when the Jim Clark Rally comes up every year. Um, and uh, to come, yeah. of course, they do all of that locally. And we've had some pretty good cars and good good classes, uh, and they race through the town centre, which is always good fun to see as well. That um, now here's a thing from Andrew Marr. He was saying Alex Zanardi didn't left break when he came to Formula One, but he of course he had to learn. Um, because, uh, that, but I think someone coming into F1, they would kind of be used to. It. I know that. Martin Brundle, he he didn't lay or he couldn't lay foot brake after the accident that he had, and he struggled mm -hmm. with his foot to do it. Um, but uh, but I think now all that's what they all do, isn't it? For years and years, that's how they've been. That's how they've been managing it. 
Because so, was, it not, was it David Coulthard that had uh, he still had a clutch pedal in his F1 car a lot later than everyone else? I think it was in one of his final seasons. I'm sure there was something I can't remember, yeah, but yeah, because all of them were, were used to that because it was quite late when they actually um, when it when the cars became <laughs> two pedals. Um, yeah. and that, wasn't it? No, it's it's and I, I mean I have to say I love I love the, the flappy paddle. Any chance yeah. you get to drive a car with something like that, it's so much more fun um, than having the gears. And things like that but um but no so that's that's the thing with that if you have an lfa mind you when you get your chance to get to go, <laughs> you'll be thinking about gears in it it just seems goes and goes and goes um but no that's the thing so what is in the you know that you're what in terms of what you're allowed to tell us and um, what are your plans for the next few months then have you been more races with the hublot series how many races has that got in the championship um, so there's kind of four rounds of this first bracket uh the top 12 get promoted into like the the final stage of the season um so we've got three rounds left of that so zanvor nurburgring and then spa and then we've also got uh well so we've got the sim grid world cup which is kind of like our uh, i guess like endurance series throughout the year so we've just had the 12 hours of bathurst two weeks ago we're getting ready for the 24 hours of spa at the end of this month and then uh we've got i think it's suzuka thereafter or something like that so yeah, plenty of racing to be doing, plenty of endurance racing and sprint racing as well, which is awesome. Um, and it'll just be about trying to stay awake and driving fast and trying not to crash. That's the thing, isn't it? Ah, you used our <laughs> You managed to fit it all in there. <laughs> like, like, how do you do a 24-hour race on a, on, on a sim race like that? Because, um, you know, obviously you have to take breaks and things like that. And I think there's limits on YouTube, isn't it, as to how, what they can stream in one go. Is it like 12 hours and, and then you kind of start again? Or how does it work to be able to put some of that together? yeah it does require a lot we've got a huge team so i think in terms of commentators alone we've got between eight and ten guys that will be commentating the full 24 hours um the plan is really that for in terms of like from the, the production side of stuff we'll run four six hour streams is kind of how it works so you know the start overnight and then kind of the morning after area um and overnight between sort of one and six it's probably going to be quite quiet it's going to try and emulate the the nurburgring 24 hour live stream so where it's really quiet at nighttime, there's not going to be a lot going on. There'll be track cameras and you can watch the cars, but that'll kind of be it. Um, and then outside of that, there'll obviously be plenty of excitement and drama and, and all sorts. And as drivers, obviously, we'll take it in terms of our stints. Uh, I think with our team, the plan is to have two guys do the daytime and two guys do the nighttime. So that should be quite good fun. Um, and I've done quite a few before, and they're a really good experience and really rewarding at the end. Um, we had, you know, talking to Jimmy Broadbent, we had him racing in, in the, the sim grid a couple of weeks ago. And one of his famous sayings is that you know sim racing isn't real but the competition is and yeah. i think after 24 hours that it couldn't bring any more true than uh than what he said so ah well that sounds fantastic and mm. to anyone who's watching there tonight who would like to get involved in the sim grid um what do you do how would you start um you're the man who runs it all <laughs> here how would you do you, do you just go to the simgrid.com is it or the the, the the they've got the website there and then in turn they just sign up and then they obviously need to get make sure they've got a set of Corsa um, for PC and then they can they can join like that. That is I couldn't say it any better than myself. Yeah, just make sure you go into the simgrid.com. There's plenty of races there. Uh, get yourself signed up. We've got plenty of events, either endurance races, single races, you name it, any car track combination. Get yourself signed up. We're a friendly bunch. Um, and you'll get the opportunity to race with some really cool, fun people and uh, kind of start your sim racing journey or continue it, depending on where you are. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Well, we've been going there for nearly 45 minutes, so we'll we'll probably call it a day on that one. Um, but it's been fantastic to find out what you're doing and how it's all going and really the excitement. 
um, of sim racing, and especially with the sim grid being an amazing championship and a, really a fantastic um, sim opportunity for people. I'm sure it will continue to go from strength to strength. Um, and it's always great to have you on the show. I really appreciate you putting time aside um, for that all for, for, for us to do it. Now, I did say that uh, it looks like the intro that we put in at the start, unfortunately, wasn't seen because I think we weren't actually live. So we're learning as we go. So before we finish, I will put on the intro as requested by a few of our viewers early on. So here is our special intro, which gives us all the information about the car sim and race driver show. So we'll be back in about 30 seconds. Here we are. I think hopefully it worked that time. But uh, so that's our new intro for the show. Uh, but George, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show tonight. And I really wish you all the best in your role there at the SimGrid and seeing it flourish. And I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. Um, and no doubt we'll hear as, it, um, as things grow and develop um, as to how well it's done. And hopefully you can get a big title sponsor um, and that will really kind of take it on and, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be even even bigger. Because I can see this going on TV and being, you know, with everything that happens on YouTube, the best stuff ends up on television as well. So you just never know where, what you can do. And I think in a year's time, I'm sure we'll see some amazing results and, and uh, we'll, there'll be a, a few people there with the trophies, maybe yourself in, in included, winning <laughs> races, even though you're technically staff. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some contractual things that maybe say, oh, sorry, you can't do that. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's been fantastic to have you to have you on the show. Um, are there any last words you would like to give us, tips of the trade as a great sim racer as yourself to those watching? Uh, you put me on the spot here. I don't think there's there's any wise words. Just you know, thank you as always, here for having us on. It's always a, a pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to to see you join us at SimGrid and do some races. That'd be awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, just thank you for having us on as always. Fantastic. Well, in our next show will be on Monday, where it's Fat Man in a cheap in a cheap sim, which will be at nine o'clock this Monday night, and we'll do some more lobby racing, maybe a little bit on GT Sport, but soon we will be going to ACC and trying to do some live races on that as well but to everyone who's watching thank you very much it's fantastic to have you on board and take care have a great weekend and we will see you very very soon drive fast and try not to crash bye just now <laughs>